Crypto Dial. This is Fan Fiction Playhouse. Ladies and gents, thanks for tuning in. Fan Fiction Playhouse on your radio dial. I am your host, Leopold Cook. We have a classic, an old school treat just for you. I went into the archives. First, before we get started, I want to talk about all the people who have been sending in their their uh, electronic mails. I haven't got any telegraphs yet. But we have a new place where you can go to the local Western Union and send your telegraphs. And that is fanficshow at gmail.com. It's easy to remember. If you want to introduce your friends to this here program, tell them they can subscribe to Fan Fiction Playhouse on the iTunes and the Stitcher. And they can listen to all those pretentious internet theater things that we had before. But they can find out all about this program at fanfixshow.com. What a show we have planned at the Megacon. I've never been to a science fiction comic book uh, convention before, but I heard it's a real treat. And let me tell you, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock, it's going to be on April the 12th. I'm counting down the days, ladies and gentlemen, as if you're in the Orlando area, you can be a part of this year program. It's unbelievable. Now, on with today's episode. I happen to have gone into the vault, but if you remember, I used to, back in the day, read the fan fiction. It took a lot longer than between episodes than it does now because people were using telegraphs instead of the video scope to send that electronic mail. But I have an old episode I don't remember recording, but we're going to play it. It'll be a treat for me and a treat for you. Enjoy. Hello? Hello, testing. Is the signal going out? Good, yes. Hello! My name is Andrew Cook, and I am the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Uh, for those of you who are expecting Fan Fiction Playhouse, I assure you this program is actually quite similar uh, to that one in format. Uh, before we get started, I would like to uh, ask my listening audience out there, uh, if any of you know how to get a hold of Mr. Albert Einstein, I have a couple of questions for him. Uh, nothing nothing really important. I don't want to cause a paradox. But if uh, if any of you can get a hold of him, that would be great. Not to dissuade any more of your time, I'm going to be reading a story for your entertainment. It is called An Apple a Day by Lolliot Holmes. <clears throat> Chapter 1 in which James Moriarty commits the most heinous crime of his existence and doesn't even know it. Rook the Shinigami experiences great lust. Draco Malfoy is filled with desire for something other than Harry Potter, 
and we see the fanfiction equivalent of Assassin of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Hopefully that wasn't too soon for a lot of you. James Moriarty was not having a good day. Woken up first thing in the morning by a call from one of his agents, the breakfast news consisted of the cabbie serial killer you hired is dead and Sherlock Holmes knows your name. After the subsequent half an hour of screaming, throwing things, and turning the messenger into a very nice pair of shoes, James got dressed and went for a walk. He strolled through London for a bit, passing a load of supposedly secret wizards that were on summer holidays coming out of Diagon Alley. It wasn't hard to deduce their existence, even if Sherlock Holmes was still ignorant of the amount of unexplained occurrences in the world with almost zero, yet he battered the existence of magic and the wizarding class. Moriarty didn't bother with them much, but didn't bother with him. It was a profitable arrangement for both sides. Moriarty didn't want magic messing up his plans, and the wizarding community didn't want to have to deal with Moriarty as well as Lord Voldemort. It was as he passed Diagon Alley that he saw the apple. It was floating in mid-air above a bench, and suddenly Moriarty felt an intense desire to possess it. It just looked so red and juicy and crunchy. A fine specimen if ever there was one. Moriarty felt his mouth watering even as he just looked at it. Took him a while to register that it was, in fact, floating in mid-air. A magic apple, he thought to himself, mine instantly whirring through a series of possibilities and settling on the most likely it was a wizard playing a prank and enchanting an apple. Well, finders keepers, Moriarty's hand snaked out and took the apple. Root the Shirigami! sat on the bench, holding his apple, just gazing at it, so red, so juicy, he could hardly wait to eat it, but it seemed a crime to eat it just yet. Not when it was a thing of such incredible beauty. It was the single most beautiful apple he'd ever seen in the human realm, and he intended to savor it. The smell called out to him, and the smooth feel of the unblemished skin under his fingers sent a shiver down his spine. Such a beautiful apple. And then Rook was dragged back to reality when the apple was snapped from his grasp. Instantly, he turned into the air in shock. Who dare steal his apple? Who dare take the apple of a Shinigami? Rook saw the man walking along, looking greedily at the apple. His apple. His name was James Moriarty. Instantly, Rook's eyes narrowed. James Moriarty. The man who stole his apple. Instantly, his hands went to his death note, and was open in his hand, the pen touching the paper. When Rook realized a rather critical plot point, a Shinigami cannot shorten the lifespan of another human or to extend that of a human. And while Rook wasn't certain, he suspected that the same was true of apples. Juicy as this apple obviously was, Rook wasn't willing to die in order to get it back. So, he'd just have to get it back himself, putting the death note back in its holder. Rook sprouted its wings and followed the human called James Moriarty, waiting for a chance to get his apple back. Draco Malfoy was enjoying his summer holidays. Having finally won the affections of the Gryffindor seeker, Harry James Potter, 
to come out to his father and the rest of Hogwarts with varying degrees of success. He was strutting around London in his brand new leather hot pants and corset. The drag queen behind the counter had assured him they were for men, with Harry Potter a little behind him, trying not to look embarrassed. You know, Harry, I think we should get something for you in leather. You look good. Maybe a cat suit. Oh, even one of those leather tights you see the rock stars wearing. Those some cowboy boots. Harry grumbled in reply that sounded something like Game on and leave before you self-sacrifice and then the cat me in the city of his clothes. And Draco waved it away with a gay flick of his hand. Well, you rejected the fedora and waistcoat. So I'm having to pursue other fashions now, Harry darling. You're such a pain to shop for. Not yet. You're just not fabulous enough. So sexy, but so typically modest. You need to... Draco trailed off, and his head turned away from Harry, who looked confused. Draco? Hello, Earth Draco, Draco Malfoy, I'm right here. What are you doing that's more interesting than me? But Draco didn't even hear him. He was looking at the apple. Draco just experienced attraction to an apple before, back when he was letting Death Eaters into Hogwarts. The luscious, light green apple that had been so perfectly smooth and just the right combination of bitter and sweet. It had been delectable. But the apple Draco beheld now was a true god, larger than the common apple. Glistening red skin, just the right amount of gloss. Draco knew that one look from underneath that red skin was succulent, white flesh, sweet and juicy and delicious. He had to have it. Draco wanted the apple more than he wanted anything else in the world, except for possibly that kinky leather robe that Snape had in his... No, even more than that. He desired that apple like fangirls desired terrari. It was just one problem. Somebody else was holding the apple. He was rather short, with short black hair, a slight amount of stubble, dressed in a sharp black suit, rather good-looking for a muggle, but still, he was holding the apple. How was a muggle like him more deserving of that apple than him? I mean, he was Draco Malfoy, Slytherin's top student, wizard millionaire, boyfriend to the boy who lived, Slytherin seeker, and the resident Hogwarts god of sex. Adored by students and fangirls alike, he had more graphic online fanfics written about him than there were rules in the Bible. True. More shirtless artwork than Jesus, more adoring female fans than Justin Bieber, and Adams harder than solid diamond. What did this muggle have? As it turned out, he had the apple. And this fact made Draco very sad, until he realized that he had magic! He could simply summon the apple. Drawing his wand, he wielded it with a flourish. Accio apple, he said. He could almost taste the apple already when he realized that nothing had happened. The apple was still in the hands of that muggle. This would call for some more planning, Draco thought for himself. Okay, and I guess considering that's where I guess we leave off, the end! So, um, <clears throat> uh, been an interesting, uh, show where... Not quite sure what's going to be happening next. Maybe this will be all fixed next week. Anyway, I am your host of Pretentious Internet Theatre, Andrew Cook. Good night, and the pleasure was all yours.
something about wooden nickels.